Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Jim Ventura. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, thanks for joining me today, whether you're catching the show live or you're catching it in archive. Again, welcome, everybody. A uh, little quick information about me, and then we'll kind of move on here to the uh, thrust of our show. Yeah, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional astrologer and navigational consultant. Uh, I do all kinds of different work with uh, many types of oracles like runes and tarot, <coughs> excuse me, and numerology. Uh, I do personal sessions here in my home office in Phoenix as well as uh, by phone and FaceTime and Zoom uh, across all over the country. Uh, information about my services can be found at jimventura.com. And I'm author of a couple different books that have been self-published. You can find it on Amazon, Dirty Little Secrets, and Snake Oil Volume 1. And uh, this is my radio show that I've been doing for a number of years where, uh, for the most part, we've got down to where I, I'm just doing a live column read uh, about every month or two, occasionally a different show here and there. But, you know, I've got a lot of different social media things, including Instagram, Adventure Words, and uh, TikTok, where I do animal totem videos, and Facebook, so... You know, I'm still doing the radio show, just not as often as I used to, but I'm going to continue to persevere and do radio shows here and there. Uh, anyway, so again, information about my services, jimventure.com, and uh, today's a live column read. So I'm going to read the column uh, that I just did for July and August, and then uh, we'll talk about it a little further. So I won't be taking live calls today. Uh, also, uh, toward the end of the show, uh, stay tuned for this. I want to talk a little bit about this Venus retrograde going on right now in Leo. So I'll get to that also uh, within our 45-minute show. All right. So this column is actually, interestingly, a column I wrote a number of years ago and published. I'm trying to think here. Yeah, I wrote this back in 2010, so like 12, 13 years ago. And uh, it's basically called Stupid People and Rainbows. All right. I purposely timed my drive back from a day of running errands to avoid rush hour traffic. It was 2 p.m. and I was heading home on a rainy day. Traffic on the freeway was mild until the rain started to get heavier. I, along with most drivers, appropriately slowed down to accommodate the road conditions I was fine with that until I began to see that every two exits or so, traffic would almost completely stop. The first time this happened was because of a minor accident that made everyone feel the need to slow down and stare at the incident. Police had already moved the vehicles to the side, but apparently everyone still needed to move painstakingly slow so as to see what was going on. A few exits later, traffic slowed down to a snail's pace again because the cop had pulled someone over, and this was apparently equally fascinating to most of the other drivers. This went on in one form or another during my entire drive home. I found myself becoming progressively irritated by the whole situation. It was either constant braking or dangerous speeding. Drivers were either overly cautious or not cautious enough. The whole situation was excruciating. I began to wonder, why were people so stupid? A trip that should have taken 10 minutes and stretched out to 30, and I was only halfway home. I couldn't even get around the endless messes along the way because the left lane was occupied by two huge semis. When did it become acceptable for huge trucks to drive in the left lane other than for passing purposes? At the peak of my frustration, there was something completely different. There were two larger-than-life rainbows ahead of me in the sky. 
They look like special effects from a fantasy movie. They seem surreal. I found myself mesmerized by these two visions that occupy the entire northwest skies of Phoenix. It was stunning, and I was entranced by a level of beauty rarely seen here. I realized that the delays and stupid people were actually doing me a favor. They gave me an opportunity to take a, drive, a slow drive home and enjoy a powerfully transformative visual. There was an opportunity right in front of me. Initially, my focus on how stupid most of the other drivers were blocked me from seeing what other aspects of the drive were being offered. Seeing the rainbows had shifted my perspective. I had a sense of real peace and a new awareness of how we often allow excessive scrutiny and frustration with others to block us from seeing the overwhelming beauty that exists in this world in every moment. I'd gotten caught up on the focusing on what was wrong and allowed my cynicism to darken my day. I enjoyed the rest of my drive home. I even considered calling some friends to suggest that they go outside and witness the amazing rainbows that currently graced our skies. I was almost home and driving down the side street in front of my condominium complex when I noticed a lunatic behind me in my rearview mirror. She was riding dangerously close to my car, clearly in a rush, and annoyed at my decision to actually do the speed limit in pouring rain. Instantly, my irritation returned, and I decided to teach this idiot a lesson. I slowed down even more on the single-lane road to show this impatient dummy that I was not going to be pushed around. How dare she mess up my beautiful, peaceful drive home? Why were people so stupid? After I taunted her for a minute or two, I realized what I was doing. I could easily have chosen to simply let her pass, but I decided that it was my job to teach her a lesson. I regained my sanity, stopped pumping my brakes and purposely slowing down, and resumed my normal speed. A few minutes later, as I turned into my complex, she honked, flipped me the bird, and then sped off on her angry way. Later, I thought about how easily I slipped between being peaceful and happy to becoming angry and confrontational again. A few days later, I noticed that my left, my, my rear left tire was flat. There was a huge screw in the tire, and I wondered if the woman from the car had come back and angrily put that screw in my tire. It was possible. But two of I felt that this was not the case. I did not feel like she had come back to teach me a lesson. So she's unlucky and ran over a screw in the road. There are practical hazards that exist in our world. Occasionally, shit just happens. We shouldn't take it personally. Still, some part of me drew a screw to my tire that week, and I knew it had to do with the energy of being so irritated by my perception of so many stupid people screwing with me. I spent way more time focusing on the negative instead of the beautiful rainbows. Now I'd be spending about 250 bucks on a new pair of tires. Growing up in New York and getting driver's license included defensive driving classes. The focus on assuming need to prepare and watch out for the worst in people was part of avoiding accidents. This was considered wise, and we were rewarded for thinking this way. On the positive side, this has made me an excellent driver. I've avoided many problems on the road until my knowledge ever actually caused an accident. On the negative side, this everyone is a potential idiot has found its way into other areas of my life. It's easy to get annoyed with people in situations and become judgmental about all of it. Focusing too heavily on how things should be and how everything should be done the quote-unquote right way takes a lot of energy. Being discerning is a valuable skill, but being overly critical of others is carrying healthy discernment too far. The same thing can be said of being overly critical with ourselves. 
My day with the rainbows made me aware that we always have a choice to lighten our perspective and become less cynical. It takes some practice to do this, and old habits can be hard to break, especially when we see them as part of our cultural inheritance. The reward is I'm feeling happier more often and taking what other people do less personally. Releasing some of my judgments has allowed me to see more rainbows. Positive shift in my viewpoint is allowing me to discover beauty and harmony in all kinds of new places. All right, so that's the piece. I wrote this, um, I published this first in my column, uh, my snake oil column back in February of 2010. Uh, by the way, if you're not already getting my column, you can email me at VenturaSagyahoo.com to get added to the mailing list. It doesn't cost anything. Column comes out every two months and it's blind copied, so you don't get any lousy sales stuff from me or be passing on your email address ever. Uh, we never do that. Um, and um, and it, it gives you discounts on, on sessions and things like that, too, uh, as well by, by following the column. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I wrote this. So, you know, at this point, you know, I think I've, I'm, like, close to 140 columns or so that I've written since 2003, 2004. So about now I've, I've kind of reached a point where um, I do a new column maybe four times a year and then kind of a repeat column. Uh, every, uh, you know, maybe two or three times a year. So, uh, again, a lot of people are new to getting the column or reading it, so they're, it's new to them. So the beauty of having, you know, gained a lot of material in that way. Um, in fact, my, my first published, one of my first published books was technically second, the Snake Oil Volume 1. You find that on Amazon. And um, that's like the first five years of the column that I did. It's always interesting as a writer, by the way, and else who's interested in writing and understanding that. It's so funny because, like, you can look back at your original writing and, like, some of it you're still very proud of, and then oh, some of it you're like, oh, my God, I hate that I thought this way or I wrote this way. <laughs> I think that's a very common thing among writers, by the way, that, you know, you advance, you grow, you mature, and some of your early stuff is just like, whoa, you know. But anyway, I would still say the majority of my early stuff I'm, I'm very proud of. You know, some of it was really quite good. But, yeah, there's a few things in there where it was like, oh, my God, I chose a little too heavy one way or another. Um, anyway, so let's get back to a little couple points in this column, and then I'm going to get into the discussion, as I said, about the current uh, Venus retrograde thing going on. Okay, so uh, stupid people and rainbows. Um, yeah, I, I think one of my main goals in, in writing and discussing this piece was to show how easily we can flip between being, you know, happy and filled and then into getting angry and frustrated. You know, uh, you know, people are going to get mad if you're saying someone is stupid. You know, I don't mean that they're dumb. You know, they may be brilliant people doing stupid stuff. You know I mean? I, I have to humorously laugh at the obsessive political correctness that exists. People are just mad at you about what you say and what you don't say and I'm pretty old school. I say what I say, you know. Uh, so, yeah, some people are stupid So in that way. And I, I've seen that as a driver. I think most of us I have in, in one way or another. And it is one of those things where, like, I, I said it to me, I've spent my entire life, like, avoiding rush hour. I've worked when I, back in the day when I had, you know, jobs. It was waiting tables and bartending. I would go to work and leave work at more obscure times to not have to deal with rush hour precisely for that reason. 
that, like driving in a pack of people, oh, my God almighty, that just makes me crazy frustrated. Every about two months I go up to Vegas. And, like, a lot of times I'll, you know, most, a lot of people go to Vegas on the weekends. I'll go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, leave Sunday morning when there's, like, no one on the road. Even when I come back from Vegas, I have to time it so that I get out of Vegas before rush hour and get into Phoenix either before or after rush hour because I'm just not going to deal with that vibration of, you know, tons of people back-to-back leaving work and pissed off and, ugh, you got the whole thing. So a little wisdom in having learned how to do that, and they're pretty good about it. But, you know, you can't really stop, you know, difficult driving issues when it's raining. You know what I mean? Uh, I live in Phoenix. That doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I wish it was happening a little more, by the way. It's been unbelievably hot. Rain would be nice. Uh, but uh, a little. But uh, this piece was, was that point. You know, I'm, I'm driving. I'm getting completely irritated by all the inefficiency. You know, I'm Sagittarius, but i got a quite a bit of Virgo on my chart. That's a very Virgolian thing, I might add, by the way. Um, but, you know, what ended up kind of coming out of it is, like I said, when I saw the rainbows, it just was so startling. And, and I realized how quickly I flipped in, in a positive way. And I've had that at different times, too, when I just was driving and I, like, was happy. Like, you know, I, I once in a while I'll fly to Vegas, uh, but a lot of times I drive, four and a half, five-hour drive. I have to say, I weirdly like it, you know. Um, there's something about the peacefulness of, of just being on the drive and, you know, listening to your tunes and on the road and, and all that good stuff. And the practical side of me loves it because it's a lot cheaper, uh, especially if I drive a Prius. <laughs> you know what I mean? So gas is cheap. Uh, anyway, so, but, you know, again, when I saw the rainbows, like I said, there was such a shift. It was so dramatic. I was so happy for a little while. And then, as I kind of mentioned in the piece, here comes this maniac woman behind me right toward the end, and I'm immediately mad again, and I'm going to teach her a lesson. And I think that that's something that I, you know, I've, I've really worked as I'm getting older to do, you know, not get into that, I'm going to teach you a lesson, I'm going to slow down even more because you're riding my ass, you know, that type of punishment thing. So I get why we do it, but... Really, what is the purpose behind it? I don't know what was going on with her. Who knows? Maybe more likely she's just an impatient irritant. But maybe it's because some some crisis was happening at home, or she was late for work. Or, I mean, I don't know. So it it's it just something I I try to remember. But again, I got caught back in that being angry and frustrated and lunatic thing again. And as I mentioned in the piece, you know, when I found the, the screw in my tire, I thought about that, how, you know, when we get into understanding metaphysics, beliefs create your reality. You know, your subconscious, your unconscious mind believes the things we tell it repeatedly. So if you keep saying the world is screwing with me, everyone's screwing with me, then you're going to kind of manifest a bit more of that in a way. You know, you get to feel like you're right about it course, but where's the joy in that, you know, and again, I created a screw in my tire, and, you know, we can look at it both ways, again, there are practical hazards in this world that occur, you know, uh, none of us are going to escape that, you know, if you're going to flat tire sometimes, and things wear out, and sometimes accidents happen and things, but at a level, if we're bringing events to us, uh, we got to watch what we say, and what we think, and, and how we, we spend our energy. And listen, the good news is this. I don't go into new age cuckoo, as I like to call it, 
where people tell you never think a negative thought, never beam any anger or frustration toward another person. Listen, that's silly. You're not going to we, – we're human beings. We're not going to do that. Um, sometimes we're going to get mad. We're going to get frustrated. The good news is, you know, my advice to people when I talk to them, to clients, friends, everyone, is like when you're irritated and frustrated, be irritated and frustrated and then be done with it. Don't linger on it. You know what I mean? If you're annoyed, be annoyed, and then a couple minutes later, be okay, enough. You know what I mean? I'm not going to keep focusing on that. I think trying to shut down uh, the way we feel and think is cuckoo. You know, and the good news is like every single thought we think doesn't manifest into something. We have to really repeatedly keep working on it to create it. But again, case in point with my thing about the screw, you know, yeah, I recognize at some level I had you know, drawn this to me in that way. I felt like she was screwing with me, people were screwing with me, and again, I had a screw. So, okay, but, you know, nice getting the two new tires. Funny when I wrote this, um, I said I had to spend $250 on two new tires. I'm pretty safely betting it's not $250 anymore for two tires. Uh, it's been about three years since I bought tires. I know it's not $250 anymore. Welcome to uh, unbelievable, you know, uh, expenditures in this modern day and age. Uh, but, you know, you just got to make more money and be more practical about it. Anyway, but yeah, so the whole piece was that point. I, I, you know, I switched gears and then I switched back and then I got caught again. So I think, like I said, it takes a little training to really begin to understand how we get so pulled into taking things personally. And I'll mention this from an astrological angle. Not that all of us don't have some of this, but especially notice with people with strong Taurus in their chart. Uh, every sign has its, like, lesson. I'm going to really harp on the Leo stuff shortly here because we're in Leo season. But, like, Taurus, for example, Taurus's lesson is to learn detachment, which is, you know, a nice way of saying not to take things personally. And I'm Taurus rising as my rising sun. Uh, and, and, yeah, I, I, I know that. I, I I have that tendency to personalize a lot of things. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot smarter about it, realizing that, you know, really, nobody's paying attention, you know what I mean, or, or, you know, to what you're doing, really, when you boil it down, or, uh, or cares that much. You know, uh, we give people almost too much credit. Funny, because I was just talking with a client. She's an artist right now, and uh, she's in the process of selling some very high-end art pieces and having some ups and downs along the way, which I won't get into. But I was telling her, I just saw something on Instagram the other day. There was a, uh, I think it was an actor or some type of performer, whether a musician or a comedian. And uh, he was talking about the fact that when you become more successful creatively in whatever your endeavor you're doing, whether it's like music or art or comedy or acting or any type of thing that you're performing and putting out there, a weird mark of success is having more haters. <laughs> and I laughed when I read that because I said, you know, that's so funny that that is really actually true. Because anybody who's ever, like, looked at Instagram is a perfect example. But you can see this on TikTok and, and by Twitter and other places, too. Like, the amount of energy people put in when you post something or show something creatively or express yourself – you know, you get a lot of compliments and positives, too. But, man, the haters, oh, my God. You know what I mean? It's like through the roof sometimes. Like, you wonder how, what type of people just spend their time saying nasty, hateful things. 
And my answer is people without any skill or talent. <laughs> That's my answer. You know what I mean? You know, so it's a weird thing because there is a sort of truth behind that in that way. You know, I'm sure even the best, most loved actors and celebrities and people of any merit have a ton of haters for, for a million different reasons. So I think if you're looking to shine creatively, you have to kind of get used to that, almost take it as sort of like a weird mark of success, strangely enough, even though egocentrically that's not always the easiest thing to do. Okay, so it's going to naturally lead into my discussion about the uh, Venus and Leo retrograde here shortly and see a kind of connection here, but just finishing up on on this particular piece. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, being critical in some, in some ways is a healthy thing. We need to be discerning. But I think, you know, not only is it that criticizing of, of other people and getting frustrated, but I think what most people get trapped in is criticizing themselves. And I think, like I said, if you make mistakes or you screw up, the wise person learns from it and moves forward. But I think, like I said, we have to be careful that we don't get so overly critical that we are unhappy and sad and, and frustrated, you know, in that way, too. Uh, you know, you, you can motivate a child more to praise than you can to attack, even though that can tip crazy, too, if you're, you know, if you're always telling your kids the greatest child on the planet and better than everyone, right, yeah, that sometimes can tilt a little, too, in a, in a kooky direction. But overall, yeah, I mean, we, we motivate our friends or, or lovers or children or animals or pets or plants by being praising them and, and being positive. So I think the kind of lesson is also doing that with ourselves and giving ourselves credit. You know, my joke I always say is the fact that I haven't killed anybody in the last few days alone, I get credit for. <laughs> Not that I've ever killed anybody or would truly want to, but... Uh, you know, I have to kind of remind myself of that. You know, I work out four days a week pretty consistently. It's a lot of things I do, even when I'm frustrated with myself, what other people are impressed by. And rightly so. Because we all, we're always kind of working ourselves one way or another. So that's, again, a big part of what I was getting at with this piece. It's okay to, you know, to see the negative and to get frustrated. But I think when we shift gears, we see things that we, you know, just don't, Oh, we see, and it creates a different viewpoint and a different focus. And keeping this in mind, the people around us are generally a reflection of us in some way. So we're in a more positive space, a more fulfilled pace, you know, more of a focus on the good. We tend to bring in people that are reflecting that. I think for most of us, we probably kind of want that in that way. Okay, that was the point of the piece. All right, got a little more time here, so I want to shift gears for a bit and talk about this Venus retrograde. So, this is going to astrology mode here. Uh, Venus uh, goes retrograde only uh, about once every 18 months, whereas most people are familiar with Mercury retrogrades, and I mean, all planets go retrograde. And it's not that they physically go backwards. It's just that from Earth's perspective, it looks like they're backtracking. So, the effect is the same. Mercury retrogrades, most people know the basics to that. But Venus retrograde is probably less talked about. Again, it's significant. Usually, I think it's about a month and a half or so that Phoenix will go retrograde. Started about two, three weeks ago, and will go through till September 4th, I believe, is when Venus goes direct. So, Venus rules our feminine energy, our creativity, 
um, our sense of luxury, our sense of beauty, um, Venus rules art, creativity. Uh, it rules the parts of us that are attractive, beautiful, charming. All those type of energy and vibes are connected with Venus energy. Again, that's its association with feminine. We all have Venus somewhere in our chart. You know, typically Venus in our chart, in our natal chart, will show a style of the way we love or express our creative energy. Um, mine is in Scorpio. So I have a little bit of a dark sense of humor creatively. Um, I like to kind of shock people a little with a little bit of an energy of a push. Um, and I would say that, you know, in a natal perspective, you know, love for me is very all or nothing. I'm either incompletely or I'm not at all. You know, it's very common for Venus and Scorpio. It's considered like a karmic sign. So looking at where Venus is in your natal chart, is, the channel chart is very insightful. So again, reason to talk to a good astrologer. A good astrologer, you know, you can always contact me or you can research on your own. Also, by the way, I always want to mention this. I, not only do I do astrology readings for people, chart interpretations, but I also teach classes on astrology. And the classes are uh, pretty inexpensive, actually, to take astrology classes be in office or they could be um, my phone. So if you have information about that, you can email me or you can find that on my website if you buzz around on my website. Okay, so back to this whole point. Venus retrograde. So when Venus appears to go backwards, now we're reevaluating creativity, feminine energy, the way we express um, our beauty, uh, how we appreciate beauty, often relationships, uh, the energy of receptivity, how we're playing that through. So in this case, uh, real interesting, Venus is in Leo. So, you know, if you've got Venus in Leo natally, you know this like the back of your hand, of course. But if it's um, if you don't, again, looking at astrology chart, wherever Venus is in your chart, I mean, the house it's in is going to be where a lot of this is playing itself out. It's retrograde, reevaluating, repositioning, reanalyzing, relooking energy. So Venus is all, uh, uh, Venus, sorry, uh, Leo is all about our ego. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, don't be uh, hurt if you, I say Leo is egocentric. But there's a negative side to that. Of course, there's a positive side to it. The positive side to it is, you know, when you're egocentric, it means Leo's typically a very creative. They're very expressive. You find a lot of chefs. And artists. Uh, I just did a post about this on Instagram that of all the six primary characters on the show Friends, three of them are Leos. Phoebe, uh, Joey, and Chandler, those characters are Leos. And just for your advanced information, Monica Gemini, Ross and Scorpio, and uh, Jennifer Aniston's character, Rachel Aquarius. Uh, but since half of them are Leos, this tells you a lot. You find a lot of Leos that become actors and musicians and artists and creative people. Not every Leo does this, but at one level or another, you're going to have some of that vibe playing itself through. Okay. So that being said, when I say it's egocentric, Leo uh, thrives when people applaud their creativity, their expression in whatever way. That's what makes Leo happy. So the positive side is, listen, if you're, make, if you're charming people through art, creativity, food, you know, anything connected with Venus uh, type of energy or uh, just creativity in general, people are going to like you. You're bringing beauty into the world. You're bringing happiness. You're bringing some type of joy, you know, one way or another. Uh, so that's a good thing about Leo. My joke I would say is if you want to 
keeping Leo happy and keep them loyal to you. Um, applaud them. Laugh at their stories. Give them credit for when they're funny and wise and brilliant and interesting and charming. And, oh, Leo will follow you to the ends of the earth <laughs> if you do that. Very, very loyal sign in that way. So, uh, so what this is about right now with this retrograde is we're all kind of reevaluating our creativity, our feminine energy, and our, again, ego side. So the positive is re-looking at how we're imprinting the world through our creativity, through our expression, through our ability to shine. Leo is ruled mainly by the sun, so there's a kind of a solar-type vibe to the Leo part of us in that way. And the negative of, of ego, of course, is, is being hurt and upset if people don't recognize our talent, um, our beauty, our, our contribution, what we're doing. You know, if we get criticized in one way, this can be crushing to, to Leo. So just for everybody listening to this, you know, again, looking at where Leo is in your natal chart, it's going to kind of show where you're going through some of this, either recognizing your ability to shine, to impact others in some way uh, creatively, and also at the same level, you may be, you know, dealing with some insults, some hurts, some attacks in some way, or feeling that. So very uh, apropos for a Leo retrograde, uh, Venus uh, Leo retrograde uh, dynamic to be playing through. I have absolutely felt this in spades. Uh, I am, uh, I really largely completed a third book, technically the fourth, because a book I wrote about gambling that I never actually published. But um, the fourth book, and it's not a metaphysical book. It's largely a, a comedy book about what's called my cast of characters, and it's about all the crazy people I've known in my life that are wonderful and annoying and all these things mixed together, you know, but basically all the characters on the line bar. And uh, what's interesting is, you know, I'm in the process of, of searching for a literary agent and a publisher, and I'm really kind of new to that. I self-published the early books that I did, one 19 years ago, the other one 10 years ago. Um, and I don't want to do that again. I mean, I know I can, but I prefer to get a, a literary agent and a publisher. I want to, I want to have reach a much larger market. So for the last year, I have a query letter and a few pieces of the book, and I'm sending it out to different literary agents. And I have gotten 11 rejections in this last year. <laughs> you know, I do like one a month. And, um, and they get mad at you if you send them to multiple ones at the same time. And, you know, most of them respond very pleasantly, but I know that the brunt of them aren't even really looking at what I'm writing. When you're a new writer, you're kind of breaking through into that field. And I know a lot of them aren't even looking at it. And a lot of very pleasant answers, and I know they're busy, so, you know, I get it. But, you know, uh, you, you feel that, you know, that to me that, that Leo part of me, um, you feel that a little tired sometimes to get knocked down. I know I'm a good writer. There's no question about that. And I've done a number of radio and television and all kinds of things. I'm good at it. You know, but just breaking into the arena is, is really quite the task in its own right. So, again, with this Leo retrograde, I, I had that same feel that I think many of us did, depending on where this is playing itself out for you, where, you know, you get tired and, you know, your ego feels bruised. I think for most people, a lot of this is going to play out in the area of relationships. And 
Leo energy to me, uh, Leo is more connected with, definitely connected with loyalty and commitment because Leo's by their nature, it's a fixed sign, tend to be very um, committed, you know, once they're in something and, and tend to be loyal. This is a hard, fast rule, but it's close, closely true. But I think for a lot of people with the Venus retrograde about it's reevaluating your, your relationship energy. And I always sort of think of Leo energy or astrology fifth house energy more like um, the foreplay. The part of us that lures someone in with being attractive, appealing. Uh, you know, even if you, you know, even if you look at it astrologically, sex is really more of an eighth house or scorpionic matter. This house can be sexual, but it's more performance-oriented. It's more play-oriented. Again, that's why I kind of call it sort of foreplay. So for many people dealing with this retrograde, it can be re- reviewing your your charm, the way you, you know, you bring an audience in, the way you, you know, the way you connect with a woman or a man or, you know, a non-binary or whatever in this day and age is multiple variants now, you know, uh, all the time. Uh, that uh, you're, you're looking at bringing in. So for many people, this is what is being reviewed. So if you're feeling a little ego bruised or at the same time just reviewing the way you're, you know, putting your performance out or whatever that creativity is, just know that you're not nuts. That's what a retrograde Venus in Leo is about, reevaluating that position. So, you know, what you typically find with retrogrades is, like, it often can create discomfort initially. Uh, Sometimes a lot of it's also just about review, like really looking back over something we've always done or we want to do again or put more energy into or revising, you know, all of those those, uh, different things can be in play. But the good news is this, always be aware of this. Once the retrograde kind of comes to its finale, for the most part, most of the time we've gotten wiser, like we've learned something because of the review, the, you know, the stepping back to reevaluate that position. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to be kind of smarter because you've looked at it again. It was just in a, in, in a similar vein as retrogrades. Like if you look at this astrologically, Saturn in your natal chart, represents where you have limitation, where you have difficulty, where you have struggled. And so when Saturn moves into a house of your natal chart, an area of life, you know, uh, what it's going to do is first it's going to make it uncomfortable where you're going to feel put upon, restricted or limited or questioned. And, you know, what's what Saturn tends to do, especially when you're younger, plays itself out a little differently when you get older. But usually what happens with Saturn by the time, which is usually about a two- or three-year window, by the time Saturn leaves a house, you know, who usually one or two multiple retrogrades and then actually moving forward out of the house into the next house, usually what happens is you've grown up. You become smarter. You become wiser. You become more mature. And that is the way Saturn energy tends to play itself out astrologically. You know, all those things that limited you and blocked you and you fear about and doubt and questions and your hard lessons – you know, you, you, if people that are over the age of 40, 50, you know, at least the functioning ones know this, that you become a lot more, a little bit more conservative in the way that you act and respond and feel about things and, like, smarter. You know, uh, there's a wonderful Rune quote that I often uh, <laughs> tell my clients when I talk to them for a lot of different reasons, and it's a great quote from the Viking Runestones, 
where he says, the ability to foresee consequences before you act is the mark of the profound person. And I think most of my listeners can piece together pretty clearly what that means, uh, but just to reframe it, it just means that before you endeavor to do something, there can be wisdom and looking at whether you have the energy for it, where it's likely to lead, where it's likely to go, whether this will be of value to you. But I think for most of us, that's something that usually comes with age. We're cautious when we're younger because we're fearful, you know, that we might not have enough ability or talent or skill and how we will be received. When we're older, that caution is more from a place of smarts, where it's just like, you know what, do I really want to, uh, you know, start this project? Will I have the energy to complete it? Uh, you know, and, and so it comes from that less a fear place, but more from a stronger, more solid position of recognizing the limits to your, you know, your personality, to who you are, to how much you want to do. Uh, I always joke about, you know, I'm 58 years old now. I always joke about the fact that, you know, sometimes my friends will say, we'll do something on a Friday night. And then they'll be like, what are you doing tomorrow night? And it's like, I'm going to stay home and watch TV, like with the cat. I'm not going out again. And they say, oh, you're such an old man. Yes, I'm an old man. Thank you. You know what I mean? I don't take that as an insult. I'm not, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm going to go out three nights in a row. It's exhausting. Even when I go to Vegas, I, my joke is I, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes uh, I barely drink. You know, I like to gamble and smoke some cigars here and there, and I use practical mathematics. But, like, I may go to bed some nights in my three-night Vegas trips at, like, 9, 9, 30, 10 o'clock and just watch TV in the room. Get up early in the morning, play again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't have that same, I got to squeeze every minute out of it, you know, out. You know, I must be, I don't, what am I doing sitting in the room, you know, being lazy? I should, you know, I should be doing something. No, I don't think that way. This is kind of part of that wisdom of getting smarter. So again, I'm using that Saturn analogy as a general rule song, but going back to the Venus uh, retrograde, which is really, again, Venus energy is obviously much softer. It's about femininity, creativity, um, you know, or, or sense of what we're drawn to, that we love. And think of femininity as, like, again, we're very culturally built into thinking of, of male energy, which is often attached to Mars, as being assertive and aggressive. Like, we, we work hard towards something. We, we strive toward it. We push toward it. Venus energy is about being receptive about bringing something to you, you know, energetically and creatively. What they, they coexist with each other beautifully. And if you're too tilted one way or another, you're going to be out of balance. If you're the type of person that doesn't know how to work hard and, and get things done, you're going to be uh, limited because you're not using your practicality in that way. But if you're doing the, the flip side and you're only receptive, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to be out of balance. But don't underestimate the power of female energy in drawing something to you. It's amazing uh, when you begin to understand that energy. I have a little pain in my left shoulder. Uh, very mild, uh, but I know what it's connected to. You know, I, 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 you know, I've had some past issues and relationships and things with my receptivity. And so I'm, I'm kind of working through that and my responsibility for it, shoulders. Body's always talking to us, by the way, in that sense. So uh, it's pretty mild, uh, thankfully. So it tells me that I could either partly figure the issue out or I'm on the road to figuring it out. But anyway, so that's the that's what I want to fill you guys in on the the Venus retrograde stuff. Um, I think that it's uh, 
let me see. I've got some comments here um, in the in the, uh, the chat room. Okay, so uh, to clear Char, no, I don't. I don't take um, calls during uh, during uh, column shows because uh, people are just do often wanting mini readings. So that's not what the show is about. Uh, but I appreciate you asking. And uh, Duck Northwest Media, thumbs up. Love your little logo there too, Doug. <laughs> and let me see, Joseph Gibson has a comment. I want to read this real quick because we're running toward the end here. God warned them not to practice astrology, says Deuteronomy. Do not learn to Im imitate the detestable ways of nations. They are the nations you will dis dispossess. Listen to those who practice social divination. Uh, then continues on, if there is a need to understand perplexed situations of life, we are wise to shun the error and evil of astrology of the nation, but rather let us know that there is God in heaven who reveals secrets like Daniel in prayer, who can turn to God for help, and in the Bible we've assured counsel of the truth. Okay, so first off, thank you for um, your comment. I would point out a couple of things here. Uh, so wonderful, your philosophy and using the Bible, but I would tell you quite practically, uh, the Bible has been changed, adjusted, adapted continually over and over again. So taking it fully literal is pretty asinine. Uh, it's a lot of wisdom mixed in with nonsense as well, and I think that that's a very key thing to understand. So, for instance, uh, one very obvious thing is when the uh, wise men were looking for the star when uh, to look for Jesus, um, they were astrologers. The whole kind of thing about, uh, uh, you know, this literal interpretation, like I said, it's wonderful, you're allowed to follow it, good for you, but I can point out a million things. The Bible says things like, if a man speaketh, a woman must, if a woman speaketh, a woman must know her place when a man speaks and remains silent. Come on, God didn't say that. That was written in by men to to stop women from speaking nonsense. You know, that's always known. But yet there's other stories in the Bible that are absolutely brilliant and wonderful and, and very, very helpful. So, yes, I appreciate your commentary, of course, but this is silliness at one level or another. Um, and, uh, we again, recognizing that is just nonsense. Like I said, Jesus was about love. You know, there's very – it's actually interesting, too, because biblically – the energy in the Bible from the Old Testament was really very clearly part of kind of the Aries vibration. Uh, and then it moved to more of a Pisces feel and when Jesus came along. So, again, there are astrological implications. Astrology is just a simple study of mathematics in relation to human personality and the way we respond. In the same way that we, you know, there's a different vibe and feel to a month to November versus July, depending on where you are. So the same thing with human dynamics and biology. So pinpointing it as evil is, again, is, you absolutely have your absolute right to believe that, but um, of course it's nonsense. So but believe in what, what you want to. Uh, so I was raised Catholic even at an early age. I love some of the Bible's teaching. Some of it was, was just not valid. Uh, I can run multiple stories that way, but I will not on our show. So, yes, but anyway, I always appreciate any input. It's, uh, I love it. I love, uh, I love the banter. No one ever will disturb me <laughs> one way or another. I can discuss things with anyone. So I do appreciate uh, that 
And so, yeah, the church um, always wanted people to only go to the Bible. So that's why they demonized anything outside of it. You know, that's a control issue in its own right. So, okay. Anyway, all right, so that being said, uh, thanks for all the comments and everybody joining me. Uh, the negatives, again, I love when the more haters I kind of get, again, this is more success, so I appreciate that too. Uh, again, thanks for joining me live today or in archive. I'll be back in another month or two with another uh, column and another show. And again, you can get info on my services on my website, all that good stuff. Wishing everybody a happy uh, August uh, Leo season, and uh, it's really hot here in Phoenix. I'm sure most of us are getting hit by that, too, and, uh, and uh, wishing everybody the best. All right, till next time, have a great day, and cheers.